Morning Sweet, beautiful Texas and beyond the lonesome way. One of my favorites there from the great Chris Knight kicking things off for us on Dallas Safari Club's Lone Star Outdoor Show brought to you by Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris. I'm your host, Cable Smith. Uh, so great to be here talking hunting, fishing, the great outdoors, and all that implies with you fine folks today. Uh, we've got a great show lined up for you. Let's not waste any time. Uh, let's get right into it, y'all. You know what to do by now. Pull up that stool a little bit closer to the old campfire. Pour yourself another cup of coffee out of that beat-up old thermos because we've got a ton to get into today. And uh, off the top, we're going to talk some Texas teal and alligator hunting uh, with Brian Davenport, who will join us live from the Texas coast. Brian's the owner of Finn and Fowl Outfitters. has been uh, guiding alligator hunts for 20-plus years now. And uh, we're actually going to be going gator hunting with him coming up in September. So we'll get the lowdown on what to expect, uh, talk a little alligator behavior, how we're going to hunt the gators, plus mix in some uh, early teal discussion as well. And I'm telling you, that area down there around Anahuac, uh, in between Beaumont and Houston, oh, it's a teal mecca when it comes to uh, the early season. So we'll get into that as well. Uh, then we've got to revisit the positive CWD test out of Medina County, uh, the unfortunate situation at one uh, whitetail breeding facility. Uh, last week, we got Texas Parks and Wildlife stance on that positive test. Uh, today, we will change it up and get the other side's perspective. When leading whitetail veterinarian and uh, member of the Texas deer breeding community, Dr. Joe Abels drops by. Uh, and he'll give us uh, his thoughts on CWD. Is it really that big of a deal? Uh, there's just so many unknowns when it comes to chronic wasting disorder. Uh, but we'll pick Dr. Abel's brain, and he'll also uh, shed some light on how this uh, this event has or, or is affecting the whitetail industry in Texas. I mean, it's completely uh, come to a grinding halt after the mandate from Texas Parks and Wildlife regarding uh, moving any captive deer or releasing any pinned deer into the wild. Uh, so we've got to get into that as well. Uh, after that, we will change things up and talk about a little sport fish that I am uh, kind of infatuated with. I've, I've wanted to catch one for a long time, haven't done it yet. Uh, and I think there's a reason for that as our snook populations along the, uh, the lower Texas coast have really plummeted here in the past well, three or four years, according to all the guides that I've talked with. Um, now, why is that? Well, hopefully we can get to the bottom of it when coastal fisheries biologist Jason Ferguson drops in. A snook really don't have a long-standing history uh, on the Texas coast. They started showing up about 20, 25 years ago. So we'll get Jason's thoughts on why they started to migrate to Texas and then where in the world they all went here in the last three or four years. Because uh, uh, the, the sentiment from all the guides out there is, whew, they are tough to come by right now. Uh, so that's coming up here in just a little bit. And then we will uh, wrap things up today when our good friend and owner of Forever Last Hunting and Fishing Products, Billy Gerke, drops by. Uh, we'll get into the trout bite in Baffin Bay. And we'll also discuss the grand opening, or we could call it the bonanza, <laughs> of Brush to Bay Outfitters, which... Uh, is a brand-new, one-of-a-kind facility down there in the Howlettsville, South Texas area, uh, which, man, they've got basically, if you're into bow hunting or uh, saltwater angling, it is going to be 
a, a prime destination for a lot of outdoorsmen and women. Uh, and we'll talk about that coming up at the bottom of the hour. So that's what's on the show for today. We're going to be all over the map. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be fun. And there is no place I'd rather be than uh, talking outdoors with y'all today. Uh, let's see. A couple other things to mention here. Don't forget that Tioga Retrievers is hosting a snake avoidance clinic on Sunday, August the 2nd from 7 to noon. Cost is $75 per dog. Uh, both of my retrievers have gone through this process. I highly recommend it. Uh, $75 is a small price to pay uh, for something that could potentially save your dog's life. So uh, we owe it to our hunting buddies. We want them to be uh, armed with that knowledge that they need to stay away from snakes because uh, it uh, could kill them. Uh, also, our July Photo of the Month contest is Rockin' and Rollin', sponsored by Elite Archery this month. Uh, send in your best hunting or fishing photo for a chance to customize your own bow from Elite Archery. You can pick out the model, the finish, uh, obviously set it to your, your poundage and draw length. Uh, so a pretty sweet prize there, and all you have to do is email your best hunting or fishing photo to LoneStarOutdoorsShow at gmail.com. Better yet, post it directly to our Facebook page wall. And then our 12 monthly winners at the end of 2015 will once again square off for a chance to join me on a trophy axis or black buck hunt down at Coons Canyon Ranch in Rock Springs, Texas. Um, what else here? Let's do a quick giveaway. Why not? We love giving back to you guys and gals. And I've got a Game Guard Lone Star Beer branded vent back fishing shirt. This is the basically the only shirt that I wear. Uh, just about every day. I think my wife gets tired of seeing me in them, but uh, it's a Game Guard fishing shirt with the Lone Star Beer logo on it. And uh, we'll give this bad boy away to, uh, well, actually, everyone who texts in this morning will be entered into a random drawing. So we'll just do a completely random. Uh, but we want you to text in the word Game Guard. That's Game Guard to 214 289 7807. Game Guard to 214 289 7807. And you could win a Game Guard Lone Star Beer branded fishing shirt. Uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll be joined by Brian Davenport of Finn and Foul Outfitters. We're talking all things Texas alligator hunting up next only on DSC's Lone Star Outdoor Show. It's too late. It's all gone. You had your chance. You took too long. Like you always do. I won't wait. Hey y'all, Cable here, and I was just out catching sand bass on Lake Bob Sandlin with the guys from Eagle Shores, and they wanted me to remind you about the one weekend sale July 11th and 12th. Purchase your own lakefront property that weekend, and Eagle Shores on Lake Bob Sandlin will throw in a free jet ski and trailer. It's time you stop going to your buddy's lake house every holiday and started making memories at your own place by calling Eagle Shores at 877-9-Lakeside. That's 877-9-Lakeside to get set up for the July sale at Eagle Shores. At LSC Trailer Sales, we offer a full line of utility trailers from small single axle trailers to heavy equipment trailers, ATV trailers, car haulers, landscape trailers, cargo trailers, truck beds, and more. We can special order a custom trailer specific to your needs and have the ability to customize standard models in-house. LSC Trailer Sales is here to assist you with any questions you might have about trailers. Call 940-484-5500 or visit us at lsctrailersales.com. Finally, quality trailers at affordable prices in Dallas-Fort Worth. 
Are you looking for the perfect place to send your hunting buddy? Then check out Tioga Retrievers. With over 20 years experience, Angie and Tim Becker can provide you with a field champion or a well-rounded hunting companion. Tioga Retrievers takes pride in catering to the needs of each owner and their dog. Conveniently located 45 miles north of DFW in Aubrey, Texas, Tioga Retrievers also offers day training and boarding. Call 940-440-0018 or visit them online at www.tiogaretrievers.com. That's T-I-O-G-A retrievers.com. Hi, Brett Jepson here with Three Curl Lease Connection. I'd like to invite you to come enjoy some of Texas' best dove hunting just minutes outside of Dallas. We have many private dove leases available for this upcoming season, including milo, wheat, sunflower, and cornfields. Leases come in different sizes and prices, so we can fit anyone's budget. We have the lease that's perfect for you and your group. We don't overcrowd multiple groups into one property, and you'll have the first pick at renewing your lease for years to come. Please visit us at threecurl.com and click on leases for your property listings. That's T-H-R-E-E-C-U-R-L.com. Hey y'all, Chris Letzinger, online sales manager at Cinnamon Creek Ranch here, reminding you we're not your typical archery club. We're a one-of-a-kind archery facility with indoor and outdoor ranges, full pro shop, and six different 3D courses. Cinnamon Creek was designed by hunters for hunters. Located in Roanoke, Texas, we have over 200 3D targets to hone your archery skills. Call 817-439-8998 or visit us at cinnamoncreekranch.com to visit our new online store. That's cinnamoncreekranch.com. Thank me before I die for the gravel in your guts and the spit in the eye Cause I'm the son of a bitch that named you Sue Yeah, well what could I do? What could I do? I got all choked up and I threw down my gun Called him a paw and he called me a son And I come away with a different point of view there's a classic from the man in black bringing us back on Dallas Safari Club's Lone Star Outdoor Show brought to you by Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris. I'm your host, Cable Smith, by the way, and whether you're a first-time listener or a regular who tunes in every weekend, it's great to be here talking outdoors with you. Uh, thanks so much for sharing a part of your weekend with me as we are actually, man, we're about to talk some alligator hunting, and I am jacked up about this. Uh, it's a hunt that I've wanted to do for a long time. And we finally got it on the books. Uh, so before we talk all things alligator and actually uh, some early teal as well with uh, Brian Davenport, this segment of the show proudly brought to you by Hercules Hunting Blinds. They are Texas-made and Texas-owned. And let me tell you, I put one of these bad boys up at the deer lease here about a month ago. It is the Taj Mahal. It's got carpet, cup holders. My favorite thing, however... It's got windows for both archery and rifle applications. So whether you're a bow hunter or a gun hunter, it's got you covered. Check it out, HerculesHuntingBlinds.com. Well, uh, let's go ahead now and talk some gator hunting. Uh, you know, with swamp people coming out five, six years ago, really uh, there was a craze for alligator hunting. But man, there, this is not something new by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, just made wildly more popular by Strudem. Troy and uh, all of his buddies, but it's my pleasure now to uh, welcome one of Texas' most respected and longest-running uh, alligator outfitters out there, Brian Davenport of Finn and Fowl Outfitters. Thanks for dropping in today. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it, man. You betcha. Our pleasure. Um, you know, I guess first of all, as we get the ball rolling here, why don't you tell us a little bit about Finn and Fowl Outfitters? You know, as far as what you do, how long you've been doing it, and where you're based out of. Sure, sure. Well, we're uh, we're down here in southeast Texas. We're between Houston and Beaumont. Um, 
our lodge is located uh, in a little town right on Trinity Bay called Oak Island, which is in Chambers County. Mm-hmm. And uh, we basically all the way from Crystal Beach uh, up towards the Liberty Nome area. We've got uh, flooded marsh, reservoirs, crawfish ponds, rice fields. Um, but we've been in business for, uh, this will be our 30th season. Wow. So uh, we've been established down there. Most of our ranches uh, we've had under lease for 12, 12 plus years. Um, so we're, we're pretty hooked in with our landowners down there. Mm-hmm. And uh, we do everything from uh, starting, you know, September uh, with gators, starts on the uh, 10th uh, and runs through the 30th. That's a uh, kind of a federal mandated, uh, the feds oversee our dates and the state kind of gives their input. But uh, as far as the season dates, it hadn't changed in probably 25 years. Mm-hmm. But uh we have a excellent uh, habitat for our gator hunt. We actually have a 5,000-acre ranch that is located uh, right next to the Anahuac National Wildlife Refuge. And Oyster Bayou kind of makes the dividing line between our ranch and the refuge. So we've got about five miles of frontage uh, along Oyster Bayou, which is prime habitat for all our alligator hunts. And we do most of those out of boats. Um, we do some stuff uh, via ATVs. Some of our uh, stuff inside the ranch, you know, in rice canals and stuff like that. But most, most all of our hunts are done out of boats. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. But, so, uh, you know, take us through that uh, a typical alligator hunt with Ben and Fowl. Because we actually just booked one for September. Uh, can't wait. It's been, alligator's been on my bucket list for some time. And, uh, <laughs> uh, my friend Joe, actually a friend from high school, had gone teal hunting with you. And uh, saw that I had posted on Facebook I was looking for a gator hunt and got us hooked up. And uh, so we're going to make that happen, I think, third week of September. We're going to do a teal that, hunt, too. So uh, Yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, we, uh, Cable, we try to make our, our hunters as much a part of the hunt as we can. We like to have them come down uh, and, and be there when we actually bait the lines. Um, we actually let the customers hang the bait if they want to. You know, all these areas are pre-scouted, so we kind of got a pretty good feel for, we have a lot of tributaries that, that feed oyster bayou and junctions that we bait at, so kind of got our, our honey holes kind of established. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you pull a big gator out of an area, that's kind of his territory, and uh you know, later on after that happens, usually you'll have, you know, there'll be another big gator moving that area since he was already dominant there. But, um, you know, like I said, most of our stuff is done out of boats. We like to make the customers as much as involved as possible. We go out the afternoon before, bait the lines. Um, usually the gator takes the bait at night. So we, of course, we can't do anything after sunset. So, Next day, usually around nine or ten, we'll we'll let the bait hang early in the morning. That way, if you know a gator hadn't taken it at night, he's got that early morning time period before the sun gets up too high to to maybe take the bait. But usually around nine or ten, we run the lines and uh, see what we got. That's always that's the fun part. You know, you get, yeah. to, get to see the bait hanging and you want to see the bait down when you get there the next day. So 
Yeah, and so do you know, can you tell just by looking at the bait site if you've got a big gator on or, you know, medium size or small one? Well, you know, those big gators, uh, you get a five or six footer on there, they're going to squirrel around and raise all kinds of cane. But usually a lot of those big ones over 10 foot, it's almost like if you could imagine pulling a cinder block up off the bottom. <laughs> they just they they're smart. They lay down there on the bottom and you just kinda of pull and you don't have any you know, you have weight on there but not a lot of kicker resistance until you get that gator up just below the surface and you can see his head and then it's like <gasps> Oh my gosh, you know, we got a we got a good one here. Yeah. So uh you know, and that's always you know, you just never know. We like I said, we we have a pretty good idea where where we catch most of the big ones, uh, you know, our average is probably eight foot, um, would be a good number for an average for a hunter. You know, we just about have a hundred percent success rate. Uh-huh. We don't, uh, you know, you don't harvest an alligator, you don't pay, but we have a, we have a guy right there in Anahuac that takes care of all the processing. You know, if you want any hide tanned or a green mount done on the skull or a European mount, he he takes care of all that. Very very good. That's porter processing right there in Anahuac. Uh huh. First class operation. Supposing that we harvest a gator, I mean, I'm looking forward to eating the, the tail. I mean, that's my I love gator tail. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. So once the gator is up, you know, to the surface, uh, what is or the, the course of action for dispatching him? I mean, is it just like swamp people, or is there a little bit more to it? I mean, how does that all play? It, out? It, it's pretty. Pretty much like swamp people, you know, we, we make it a good hunt. You know, a lot of times we'll actually, you know, maybe the first gator will we'll actually, the guys will actually pull it up and let the customers kind of see how we're pulling it up. You know, we're keeping the rope clear of our feet and our hands in case he does decide to make a run. And then when we approach the bait the next time, we give the customer the option to pull the pull the bait up himself you know mm-hmm. we'll pull that gator up and get a good look at hey that's a nice gator we'll let him go back to down to the bottom and then the guide will pull the gator up customers ready with the firearm we get that gator up get him in the right position for a good shot for a good good kill shot for the customer and then hopefully if everything goes according it, it's game over right so, awesome. well hey that sounds i mean that's pretty much what i uh, was hoping for it sounds uh pretty exciting and uh well just just being just being in the habitat area that the gators are in is an experience for someone who's never really seen that kind of habitat you know and this year they're thriving there's just we've had so much rain you know like everybody across the state so the gators have got plenty of plenty of habitat plenty of stuff to chomp on and they they should be be nice and fat this year so we're really looking forward to to this year's season yeah, well, I'm certainly looking forward to hunting with you guys, and I know that with uh, with swamp people, there was a, definitely a spike in uh, the number of people that wanted to gator hunt. Uh, I think the show is five or six years old now, though, and it's kind of started to go back down, and prices have flattened out a little bit. So what, um, talk about your price and what all that includes as far as lodging food, you know, um, with, uh, with Finn and Fowl. Okay, yeah, the hunt's a thousand, and lodging is a hundred bucks a night, and that's a continental breakfast, a nice lunch, and a really nice dinner. Uh, you know, our lodge is located right there on uh, Trinity Bay. We sleep about thirty-five folks in the lodge. We've got a big lighted fishing pier that goes right out in the middle of Trinity Bay, and uh, you know, a lot of guys fish under the lights. Uh, 
for trout at night. You know, that's a that's a pretty good time of the year. The flounder are just starting to run a little bit then, so great time to be fishing off the pier. Mm-hmm. Uh, gorgeous sunsets, you know, from the lodge, but uh, we kind of have a lot of southern hospitality there. And I think once you get once you get to the lodge, you know, you, every, everybody just kind of relaxes and unwinds, and it just seems to really kind of fit all of our all of our hunters perfect so um we're we're happy to be fortunate to have that place right there on the bay it really works out good for us awesome awesome well hey let me ask you this um when you guys first started out 30 years ago was it all about (laughs) i don't know it's a long time y'all are like an institution down there on the coast but uh was waterfowling really what um I guess what opened the door to the gator hunting, you're chasing these ducks and you realize you've got great gator habitat or was the gator hunting, gator hunting something that you always had planned on doing? Well, you know, when we first started, you know, there was another partner that did kind of the thin part of the fowl mm-hmm. and uh, he's no longer with us. All we do still do the, the bay fishing in the offshore, but we were up north kind of on the north side of I-10, more on the high ground, and we had an option after about three or four years up there of picking up a real nice ranch where we do all of our alligator hunting now, which is down adjacent to the Anwak National Wildlife Refuge. And as as time went on, we were offered the alligator tags on that ranch, and uh, that was basically about 20 years ago. Uh-huh. So we've uh, we've been hunting the alligators on there for 20 years. Uh, wow. Ike, you know, Ike displaced a lot of them, and the state, you know, nobody alligator hunted during Ike. You know, it was basically season was washed out. So the the state claimed, that, and I think they're really correct, that the alligators that were lost during Ike because of the storm is is close to the number that would have been harvested had we had an alligator season. Mm-hmm. So you know, and they're, they're bouncing back good. You know, the first year after the hurricane was a little bit tough, but the last few years have been really good. And with this rain this year, it's just, uh, nesting actually, uh, last spring's, uh, nesting count was uh, a state record. Hmm. So they're, they're bouncing back, uh, really good. You know, they say it takes about 10 years for an alligator to reach eight foot. And, uh, you know, males get, they'll get 12, 13 foot long. Females only get anything over nine foot. You can pretty much guarantee he's going to be a, a male. Huh, okay. Anything under nine foot is going to be a female. So interesting. Pre, they're prehistoric. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, for sure. You're going to, you're going to have a ball. We're really looking forward to getting you down there. I cannot wait. And I did want to uh, talk a little ducks with you though, too, as far as, I mean, you guys just get mass numbers of blue wingers down there. Uh, for the early season, um, which, like we said, we're going to do that as well. I mean, we I think Southeast Texas has got the best teal hunting in the nation, as far as I'm concerned. Um, uh, we're really getting pretty booked up for that already. Uh, limited availability there, but it's absolutely, uh, if you've never done a Texas Gulf Coast teal hunt, you need to put it on your checklist for sure. Uh, and then big duck season looks like it's going to open up somewhere around the 7th, November the 7th. And uh, it usually runs till the Sunday after Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And then, we, and the then we have our little split and then it opens back up. But, uh, you know, like I said, we have stuff from all the way Crystal Beach, Highland area, all the way up towards Liberty and Nome. Uh, kill a lot of teal, a lot of gadwall. 
lot of fintail. Most of our setups are set up for combo hunts, you know. So, you know, a good combo hunt would be 18, 20 ducks and maybe five or six geese. Uh-huh. Uh, all of our setups are sunken pits. We run go devils, Polaris Rangers right out to the blind where the customers don't have to do a lot of walking or anything like that. All of our guys have have labs and retrievers, and we also welcome hunters that want to bring their own dog. We don't mind that. Take care of all your bird processing for you. Teal hunts run uh, 175 a person for early teal season, and big duck hunts run $200 a person. Excellent. Yeah, and uh, folks can find your website by going to finnandfowloutfitters.com. Also, you've got a Facebook page that you update pretty frequently. They can check you out there as well. Uh, Brian, it's been great visiting with you, my friend. Thanks for coming on and talking gators and teal with us today. And I can't wait for our hunt coming up in September. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, it'll be here before you know it. No doubt. Hey, I appreciate it. Hey, thank you. Appreciate you having me on the show, man. Have a wonderful day. All right, there he goes. Brian Davenport of Finn and Fowl Outfitters down there on the Texas coast. Uh, that segment of the show, by the way, proudly brought to you by Rudy's True Texas-style barbecue. Uh, let's knock out a quick break. When we come back, we've got to revisit the CWD issue, the positive test out of Medina County, and we'll be joined by leading whitetail veterinarian and respected member of the Texas whitetail industry, Dr. Joe Abels, will be here after the break only on Dallas Safari Club's Lone Star Outdoor Show. You may want this battle, baby. Don't mean I won't win the Do you have a hog problem at your ranch or deer lease? We have the solution. The system hog trap comes in two sizes, 17-foot and 30-foot diameter traps. After you trap the hogs, take the top section off the trap and use it for another feeder site to keep the hogs away from the feeder. The system is both a trap and a deer food plot fence. That way you don't waste your money on just a hog trap. Call 940-391-3669 or visit www.goinfencing.com. That's goinfencing.com. Hi, Brett Jepson here with Three Curl Lease Connection. I'd like to invite you to come enjoy some of Texas' best dove hunting just minutes outside of Dallas. We have many private dove leases available for this upcoming season, including milo, wheat, sunflower, and cornfields. Leases come in different sizes and prices, so we can fit anyone's budget. We have the lease that's perfect for you and your group. We don't overcrowd multiple groups into one property, and you'll have the first pick at renewing your lease for years to come. Please visit us at threecurl.com and click on leases for your property listings. That's T-H-R-E-E-C-U-R-L.com. Hey, North Texas sports fans, this is Brian Spagnola, General Manager of Texas Motor Cars in Addison. My family's been in the car business for over 50 years, and I want to show you the difference in buying from a family-owned and operated business. TexasMotorCars.com is an awesome website that lets you do virtually all of your shopping online. We have a professional photographer that takes amazing photos, and we give you all the information that you'll need up front. You can even find out how much we will give you for your trade-in before you ever come in. I take pride in the fact you can come in, choose a car, and be out in less than an hour. We have financing rates starting at 1.79% on pre-owned vehicles and can help almost anybody. Please do yourself a favor. If you're in the market for a pre-owned vehicle of any kind, give us a shot. Let me show you how easy buying a vehicle should be. Visit TexasMotorCars.com or come visit our 20,000-square-foot indoor showroom in Addison. Again, visit TexasMotorCars.com or call us at 1-888-9-TX-MOTORS. Hi, I'm Eva Shockey, and thank you for listening to the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Well, I 
Pride of El Paso, Texas, the Dirty River Boys bringing us back here on Dallas Safari Club's Lone Star Outdoors Show, brought to you by Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris. I'm Cable Smith. Thank you for letting me ride shotgun with you on this lovely Lone Star weekend. I do appreciate you. Uh, Coming up here momentarily, we'll be joined by leading whitetail veterinarian, Dr. Joe Abels, and uh, we'll get his thoughts on the uh, positive CWD test in Medina County uh, last week. But first, this segment of the show proudly brought to you by Dallas Safari Club, the worldwide leader in big game conservation. And uh, DSC puts their money where their mouth is as well, pledging over a million dollars again this year uh, that will go towards grants and education on furthering their message of big game conservation. So uh, check us out at biggame.org. We'd love to have you get involved. Now, uh, without further ado, we've got to get back into this uh, hot button issue, the CWD positive test to come out of Medina County uh, at a a whitetail breeding facility. And since we got Texas Parks and Wildlife stance on the issue uh, last week, I figured we needed to have a a medical expert and someone who is uh, really entrenched in the deer breeding industry here in Texas uh, join us and (laughs) Dr. Uh, Joe Abels wears both hats and uh, is probably one of, if not the most respected, whitetail veterinarians uh, in the country. And uh, joining us now from Decatur, it's my pleasure to welcome Dr. Abels back to the show. Thank you, sir. It is good to have you with us. I guess it's been a couple years since uh, we uh, we last visited, and, and back then I think we were talking about the uh, treatment for EHD that you actually uh, came up with. And I, I believe that's progressed to where y'all are... Uh, doing a little research on some uh, infected herds right now. Yes, sir. We've been blessed. The Lord gave us a vision, and we've acted upon that. And uh, we have taken the original treatment that we had, and we've made it even more advanced, more specific with the technology you know, capabilities of today. And uh, we're actually trying that on a, a few farm safety studies and efficacy studies right now. We should have some results, hopefully by the end of this month. Mm-hmm. And now you're able to mass produce it a lot more uh, quickly than you know, one little vial at a time, like uh, I guess when we were when we visited a couple of years ago. Yes, sir. And now it's in a USDA approved lab. It's licensed and accredited. It can go international, and that's the biggest blessing is finding somebody like that that can produce it in mass quantities, so we can have it more available. Uh huh. Well, now you know you're viewed as the authority on whitetail medicine and treatment um, here, obviously in Texas and and beyond. But uh, are you still teaching your class on uh, whitetail medicine and surgery at A and M? Well, no, unfortunately, I haven't been invited back there. I really enjoyed that time. Uh, maybe talked a little bit too much about God, I guess. You know, a lot of people know that I'm a strong Christian, and I give God all the credit. So I don't know if I'm I, if I'm the authority in Texas. I appreciate that statement, but we'll give God the glory on that. Right on. Let's go ahead and talk about what we need to get into today, and that's the Medina County positive CWD test. We had on Steve Lightfoot from Texas Parks and Wildlife last week uh, to discuss the issue and and how they envision uh, working with the Texas Animal Health Commission and, and I guess have said they they've turned the reins over to the Texas Animal Health Commission and 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 he said they have a plan in place but uh, you know here we are a week later and and I don't think that uh, um, from the from the deer breeding and whitetail industries perspective that that we really seen any action. Yes, sir. 
And CWD is just an unfortunate disease. Uh, I've, to date, 13 years into it, just as a veterinarian, in the last you know 20 odd years or more, I, I've never heard of a human exposed to this disease. And uh, these deer farmers are heavily regulated by the state, and they've met all the requirements and everything they've needed to do for the last 13 years. And you know, our government's known that this was going to come one day. And you know, you would have thought 13 years ago we would have had a plan and action. So when it actually did come through. Unfortunately, all the people that abided by all the laws and had all the CWD testing and stuff like that and had all negatives, everybody in the industry shut down. I know it's unfortunate one ranch is positive, but to shut the entire industry down is very devastating to to our industry. Mm-hmm. Oh, no doubt. And and I just want to make this point is this, and we did talk about this last week, that this is not... Um, it's not caused by, you know, a deer being in a pen. This this happened with our mule deer out in West Texas. I believe it was 2007 or it might be 2009. It can occur equally in the wild or in a you know breeding facility wherever that the location is really irrelevant as far as I understand. I don't know. I guess what really confused me about this disease is it really a disease that matters. Um, you know, if it's not affecting humans and you know, I've I've read articles lately about this is the most infectious disease, killing lots of deer. We've had one deer in what twenty something years in the pens that have come up positive. Mm-hmm. I think one or two that they found out West Texas so far, they were probably in New Mexico. So I don't I don't know why it's so heavily monitored versus another disease that doesn't you know harm people either, and thousands upon thousands of deer are dying, like EHD. It's it's just confusing to me. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing is. Um, to, as far as from a veterinarian, a, a medical standpoint, what is CWD? You know, what does it do to the deer? Um, and I know that it does have a, uh, you know, kind of an asymptomatic, um, I guess, gestation period of maybe even up to two years from everything that I've read. And I think maybe that's why people are afraid of it because they can't see it. They don't know that the deer have it. There are no external symptoms. Sure. And like I said, I don't think I know of any deer that have actually died of it. Uh-huh. These deer have died, and by a monitoring program, they were, you know, pretty much forced to test these guys. And, you know, out of, they were saying 30,000 deer or more tested. I don't think that even included the pen raised deer alone. So, I mean, there could be hundreds of thousands of deer tested in the pens, and we have, what, one positive. So, mm-hmm. once again, that, that still confuses me. But when you get into... Other species, for example, there's other models out there. Say cows, we have mad cow disease. In sheep, we have scrapie. I mean, you know, it's been a long time since I've heard anything about mad cow, but in scrapie and sheep, I know they can do live testing. I mean, there's, you know, mucosal testing that they could possibly do in white-tailed deer. They've been working on, and with a 90%, you know, accuracy on that alone, I would think instead of just, you know, going in and slaughtering a whole herd of deer just because there's one positive, you know, just a suggestion would be, you know, a screen to go through and test everybody rectally on a rectal mucosa, not just kill deer just to kill them. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would be one thought I would, you know, cross my mind and probably everybody else's mind, just test them. Yeah. Also to close the whole industry down because there's one deer, financially this is devastating to our industry. Sure. But so I do want to back up. So there is testing out there where they could test these deer while they're alive and not have to kill them. Yes, sir. Uh, basically, what they're looking for with CWD is when they do the testing, uh, we send in lymph nodes in the obex, which is kind of like part of the brain stem. And what we find out through research and through the literature is 
the lymph nodes are typically affected before the obex or the brain. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, when you take a rectal biopsy, you can actually get lymphoid tissue. And the trained, you know, licensed veterinarian could do these samples, I would suggest, and have these sent off to TVMDL, which was the first one that found CWD, you know what I mean, before they sent it to Ames, Iowa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And now, and, and also everything, you know, everything that I've ever read, and like you said, stuff that you see out there claims that CWD is 100% fatal, but that uh, that's not your, your medical opinion. Well, I guess my best statement on that would be a death is 100% fatal. <laughs> CWD is just, you know, spontaneously found. Uh-huh. I mean, it's, it's not actively causing a disease like pneumonia or, you know, a broke neck or anything like that. It's it, it's strange to me that an animal dies and then, oh, look, we found CWD. We're going to shut down the entire industry. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, so, I mean, you'd say that these deer can probably live out their life being infected with CWD. Yes, sir. And I mean, it's like any disease with age, you're going to have some problems. They're going to slowly deteriorate or lose some protein. Um, but I, I have never in 13 years come across a deer with CWD where I had to treat it. Uh-huh. And, it's, okay. Um, and let me ask you this, because everything else you read says, oh, it's really contagious. Um, uh, but if it was so contagious, it seems like we'd have a lot more positive tests than just one. <laughs> yes, sir. I think the definition of contagious is more than one in 20 years, but uh, I mean, EHD, I would say, yes, that's contagious. <laughs> yeah. Not CWD, yes, sir. Yeah, okay. Um, well, let's get back into uh, the, the economic impact that this is having, because we do have a moratorium right now. Uh, nobody, no, no one in the industry can release any captive deer into the wild right now. Uh, also, um, I did talk to Steve, and they have made the recommendation to kill, kill off that, that one breeder's entire herd. And they're also looking into anyone who's sent deer to him or received deer from him in the last five years. Um, they're they're pretty much on lockdown and going to be under, I think, strict surveillance here as well. Um, but it's affecting, I, I forget the dollars, but it's, it's hundreds of millions of dollars, the deer breeding and uh, whitetail industry here in Texas, and it's all come to a screeching halt. Yeah, I think that's the most frustrating thing. Like we said, you know, this began 13 years ago. So you would think in 13 years they would have come up with a scenario that we would have this done within a week's time or two weeks' time. But, you know, it's just been extremely slow and it seems disorganized. But you're shutting down an industry where people have played by the rules they've been tested and they're found negative. You know, the media doesn't know how heavily regulated the deer farmers are and to comply with everything and then shut them down. And at the same time, with here within the next month or so, all deer that are going to be released have to be released within a certain amount of time. So people have purchased these. They're going to be moving from one ranch to another to the wild. And now you're going to crunch that window down to, okay, you got to do your annual business within a matter of weeks. Mm-hmm. So you've got a pressure from both sides now. You've got to have them sold by a certain day in September, you know, to, you know, to be turned out into the wild or sold from ranch to ranch as in, you know, bucks, that is, with antlers. And then now you're telling them you can't move them. So <clears throat> there's a lot of frustration on this part. And <clears throat> these organizations, we need to get this together and have a date and say, okay, now we're going to allow, you know, these breeders to start moving their deer that aren't even involved. You know, these CWD status herds uh-huh. that have tested 100% of their deer that have died over 12 months of age for the last, you know, 10 years, these guys have complied and they're, they're shut down. And, you know, our industry is united. We're strong, and, you know, we know God's in control. 
Yeah, yeah. Like we said, um, the more that I understand this disease, the less I see how it really can be classified as extremely contagious. And uh, there just aren't enough positive tests out there to confirm that it is that contagious. Well, I think that's a frustration with all the research. Um, I don't know if we've ever proven an animal-to-animal -an transmission occurs. Obviously, if you take an infected animal, you take a piece of his brain, you know, aspirate it and inject it into a healthy deer, they can get that. But deer don't routinely walk around in the environment with syringes injecting each other in the head. Yeah. You know, is it from the soil? Is it from the ground? I, I think more money needs to be, you know, involved in the research from this and possibly from the government side. I know ranchers have exhausted tremendous amounts of money to fight EHD and other diseases. And uh, it'd be nice, you know, if we're regulated so much that we would have some government influence to help us out on that. But each day that goes by, rural Texas is suffering from this. Millions upon millions of dollars, like you said, are being lost. And that, you know, state tax, <laughs> they can get taxed from that as well. Or, you know, there's taxes being lost as well. Mm -hmm. So I, I just pray that they would just set a date, just do a plan. And, you know, I've heard there was a plan as well a long time ago. And here we are, and now we have no plan. So, yeah, I just wish they had set a date and let's do, let's go, let's get this in action. I know it's not easy because there's pros and cons to everything, but I would love to see live test screening first. I mean, go through there and test them, mm -hmm. and maybe we could establish a new testing through the industry with a live test instead of just killing a whole ranch that had been working on these guys for five to six years of their lifetime, and see just you know innocent deer just being killed. Because one deer had CWD, it's it's sad. I mean, how does a deer contract it? Is it something neurologically that, you know, or is it some kind of poor nutrition? Or, or where does it come from? When we know EHD is, you know, transmitted, uh, it's contagious. But how does a deer just, boom, just get CWD? That's one thing we're going to have to ask the researchers, the guys that deal with this on a daily basis that actually started this research years ago. I don't believe they still understand how this is transmitted. Hmm. Okay. Okay, so still a lot of unanswered questions with CWD for sure. But, yes, for uh, such a tightly monitored disease and such a lack of knowledge, it's it's pretty humbling. Well, uh, here's the thing is we've never seen a large-scale die-off as a direct result from CWD like we have EHD, uh, especially up in the, in the Midwest. Um, but I guess it's just the great unknown. Like you said, so little is known about this disease, and, and I think that is what probably scares folks. But, uh, Dr. Abels, we are out of time for today. I certainly appreciate you stopping by and, and uh, providing some more insight on what CWD really is, how it's spread, and, uh, you know, what this positive test really means, if anything. So uh, thanks for being here today. We do appreciate it. All right. Well, I appreciate you and just recommend or ask that people pray for the Patterson family. I, can, I can't even imagine what they're having to go through on this and, uh, we'll just continue to pray for them and bless them as the best we can. No doubt. And uh, we will continue to stay on top of this issue as uh, new details are released and uh, Texas Parks and Wildlife continues to provide information on what their plan of action is going to be. Uh, but thanks again, Dr. Abels. We wish you all the best, and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you again somewhere on down the line, I'm sure. All right. Well, take care, and God bless. All right, there he goes, leading whitetail veterinarian and member of the uh, deer breeding industry, Dr. Joe Abels. And, uh, and the main thing here is there are so many folks whose livelihoods have just been put on hold uh, while this moratorium on um, whitetail movement from 
one facility or ranch to another has been uh, implemented. So uh, let's hope for a quick resolution there because, uh, you know, people are depending on that income. And, and uh, we need to see that commerce reopened here in the uh, immediate future. So uh, that segment, by the way, was proudly brought to you by Sendero Seed Company, Texas premier seed company. They've got anything and everything you need to keep your whitetail herd happy and healthy, including the Dr. Deer-backed buck forage oats. Check them out at SenderoSeed.com or call Rob Hughes at 1-877-610-SEED today. Sendero Seed Company for all your planting needs. Uh, let's knock out a quick break. Uh, coming up next, we'll check in with coastal fisheries biologist Jason Ferguson. Do you know what a potandric hermaphrodite is and how it pertains to our sport fish? Uh, we'll tell you after the break, only on DSC's Lone Star Outdoors show. I'm a pretty good friend who's seen me at my worst. He can't tell if I'm a blessing or a curse. But he always shows up when the chips are down. If you love hunting in the outdoors, then attend the Texas Deer Association's 17th Annual Convention happening this August 13th through the 15th at the JW Marriott Hill Country Resort and Spa in San Antonio. Visit with over 200 exhibitors and stay for the educational seminars presented by industry experts as well as antler contest, photo contest, educational youth activities, family hunter safety certification, chili cook-off, golf tournament, casino night, and a whole lot more. And don't forget the best deer auctions in Texas, the Superior Genetics Deer Auction on August 14th and the Select Sale on August 15th featuring the finest white-tailed deer genetics from all over the Lone Star State. This event is open to the public and takes place again at the JW Marriott Hill Country Resort in San Antonio, August 13th through the 15th. For more information, log on to TexasDeerAssociation.com or call TDA at 210-767-8300. That's TexasDeerAssociation.com, 210-767-8300. Cable Smith here for Deerview Windows. As a whitetail hunter, nothing is more frustrating than poor visibility in a deer blind. It can flat ruin a hunt. At Deerview Window Company, they manufacture windows solely for the use in deer stand and deer blinds. All of their windows and doors can be custom made to fit your specific openings. Or you can select from standard sizes, from hinged windows to sliding windows and everything in between. Visit DeerViewWindows.com to determine which style window is best for your deer blind. Plus, you'll get a free quote. Deerview Windows, where visibility matters. Hey y'all, Cable here, and I was just out catching sand bass on Lake Bob Sandlin with the guys from Eagle Shores, and they wanted me to remind you about the one weekend sale, July 11th and 12th. Purchase your own lakefront property that weekend, and Eagle Shores on Lake Bob Sandlin will throw in a free jet ski and trailer. It's time you stopped going to your buddy's lake house every holiday and started making memories at your own place by calling Eagle Shores at 877-9-LAKESIDE. That's 877-9-LAKESIDE to get set up for the July sale at Eagle Shores. Rockwall Gun Club is North Texas' premier shooting facility, offering both indoor and outdoor ranges, including a unique 500-yard rifle range. If shotgunning's your thing, then check out the 18-station clay course. Opening summer 2014, Rockwall Gun Club is offering special introductory family and corporate membership rates for founding members. Located at 15950 State Highway 205, you can also visit rockwallgunclub.com or call 972-215-6902. Rockwall Gun Club, the private shooting experience. This is Randy Newberg from On Your Own Adventures. Thanks for listening to the Lone Star Outdoor Show. I remember it well. I was riding high when I drove you to the lake that starry night. 
Took a little detour through an open field Our first taste of how freedom feels in it Eighty seven seven four by four singing Baby that'll make One of my favorites there from our good friend and hunting buddy Zane Williams bringing us back on Dallas Safari Club's Lone Star Outdoors show brought to you by Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris Cable Smith here and there is no place I'd rather be than talking, hunting, and fishing with you fine folks. So, uh, thanks for being here today. It means a lot as we are about to get into the plight of uh, a little less common, but definitely a highly sought after uh, sport fish along the Texas coast. But first, this segment of the show is proudly brought to you by our friends over at Lone Star Ag Credit. Since 1917, They've assured their borrowers competitive interest rates on real estate loans, rural home loans, livestock, and farm and ranch loans. So let Lone Star Ag Credit help you finance your piece of Texas today by visiting LoneStarAgCredit.com. Uh, well, let's go ahead now and talk some snook. A little fish that uh, I am almost infatuated with, have tried to catch them on multiple uh, trips down to the coast and have been unsuccessful. And I wanted to find out why that might be. Uh, it just seems like there aren't a lot of them around, and uh, here to explain the nature of this fish and, and what their population really looks like along the Texas coast, it's my pleasure to welcome a coastal fisheries biologist from the Brownsville office, uh, Jason Ferguson. Thanks for being here. All right. Thank you for having me. Hey, it's our pleasure, my friend. And uh, Jason, obviously, I want to talk snook with you today. But before we get into those mysterious and, uh, I guess, somewhat uncommon fish, uh, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about what you do as a coastal fisheries biologist for Texas Parks and Wildlife? Yeah, no problem. Um, so basically, um, our, kind of our main responsibility is is to, uh, you know, assess um, the overall health of the uh, of the ecosystem along the Texas coast, uh, so we look at you know look at fisheries abundance as well as you know invertebrates, uh, health of seagrass, you know those sorts of things. Uh, we do that. <clears throat> we have two different sampling programs that we do to monitor uh, fisheries populations. We have a harvest monitoring program mm -hmm. uh, where if you fish at all along the coast, you I mean you know you're going to encounter uh, some of us uh, interviewing anglers when they come back from their trips and asking them about their trip uh, and then getting uh, obtaining any links from the uh, fish that they that they harvested. Um, we also have a resource monitoring program um, which consists of uh, different types of sampling gear, uh, primarily bag seines, bay trawls, and gill nets uh, to monitor the different life stages of the fish. So bag seines you know, typically are for monitoring, um, you know, the number of juvenile fish um, in the bay, mm -hmm. uh, which kind of gives us an idea of what the future holds. Uh, and then the gill nets, which look at the sub-adult and the adult fish population, so kind of looks at what's, what's currently available out there right now. Okay, and so Jason, what is your favorite aspect of being a coastal fisheries biologist? I like just about every aspect of it. One of the things I think I like about it is that it's just a good mix of, you know, we we get to go out in the field, you know, two or three times a week, um, you know, out in a boat doing these sampling. Um, we do outreach programs, you know, interacting with, 
with with kids or or giving presentations to to fishing groups. Um, you know, I enjoy that as well. Uh, and also, you know, I enjoy looking at the data that we collect, analyzing it, and you know, kind of, you know, solving any kind of puzzle out there, and and uh, you know, really looking at the data to to explain what's going on um, in the fishery. Well, very cool. And, and you know, one puzzle that's out there that I want to talk about right now is uh, our snook fishery. Because I tell you what, I've talked to quite a few guides this week, and, and after my own personal failures of, uh, of trying to get on uh, a decent snook, um, I'm just wondering, where are all the snook? So you look at their websites, as far as these guides are concerned, and they all advertise the same thing, redfish, trout, flounder, and snook, uh, especially on the lower coast. Well, so I started calling around and, and visiting with different guides and, and really wanted to find out um, how the, the snook fishery was doing. And they all pretty much said the same thing. It's not. There aren't any snook around or not enough to warrant uh, taking a client on a, a snook specific trip. Whereas seven, eight, nine years ago, um, these guys would book snook trips on a regular basis. Uh, heck, one of the guides I spoke with, uh, Captain Skipper Ray from uh, Island Outfitters, he mentioned he hasn't even caught a snook in two years. <laughs> so, um, you know, with that in mind, I figured we'd have you on and, and kind of get down to the bottom of where did all the snook go? Yeah, and so basically, you know, you're looking back through, you know, looking back through Parks and Wildlife data using our gillnet data, you know, there are very few fish that we ever encountered in our sampling gear, you know, in the 80s. Uh, in 90s. Uh, starting around 2000, early 2000s, we started seeing a, a dramatic uh, increase uh, in the number of snook we encountered in our gillnet. Uh -huh. And it slowly started increasing, you know, all the way up through about 2000, uh, 2010, uh, and where it kind of reached the high point of, of what we've seen in our own sampling gear. And after 2010, uh, well, we had that big, we had a, um, a freeze event during that winter, and then it just, the next year, you know, it just, the numbers of snook just dropped down significantly hmm. uh, in our data, and it's kind of been slowly recovering ever since. So we've actually seen, seen increases uh, from, you know, 2011 was the low point, and then, you know, the last three years, um, through 2014, um, it's been slowly increasing again. Uh, so, you know, our numbers indicate that, you know, it's still, uh, you know, no, numbers of snook not as high as they, as they were in the early, mid-2000s, mm -hmm. um, but it's slowly, you know, trending back towards that way. And that's kind of, you know, that's not really unusual for this, for that type of fishery because they're very, snook are very susceptible to cold weather events. So if you have a big, big northern come through, uh, those fish don't, you know, get out or react fast enough to escape those cold temperatures. And, it, and they're usually, unfortunately, one of the first fish to die off uh -huh. uh, when we do get a hard freeze. Okay. And so most of our snook have come north from uh, Mexico, essentially. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So these mild winters uh, stemming from global warming are the real reason why we've started to see more snook show up here uh, along the Texas coast over the last 15 or 20 years. Yes. And, and that's when, I, you know, I, I haven't had a chance to really talk to too many of the special snook guides who actually, you know, do guiding trips just for snook. 
as far as when they actually started guiding trips for snook. Mm -hmm. Um, but I would imagine they probably didn't start doing that until around, you know, the 2000 Hmm. time period. Okay. Yeah. I mean, because you look over at Florida and I guess due to their milder, uh, winter climate, uh, the snook are thriving there and it's a very valuable resource and, and highly sought after sport fish, uh, along the Florida coast. So, well, obviously, weather patterns are out of y'all's control, and and like you said, um, Texas Parks and Wildlife's coastal fisheries, I guess, stance on it is, well, it's just a bonus fishery, and if they're here, that's great. Uh, we'd love to have them, but if not, well, uh, they weren't part of our original plan anyway, so uh, it is what it is. Yeah, you know, we did set regulations, you know, for them, you know, the one fish limit and uh, that 24 to 28 inch size length, size range you know, to still try and, you know, limit some of the harvest during those years when they are available. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, these fish, you know, they start out as male and actually turn into females. Hmm. Um, and so that's kind of why we we uh, have the, a min and a max size. Uh, typically around that 30-inch size is when they become females. You know, we don't want them obviously harvesting any females at all it takes so long for one to become a female and obviously you know the goal of most fisheries is limiting the you know you want to try and limit the harvest of the females the females are the, are the ones that really count <laughs> right right um, um but at the same time you got to limit the harvest of the males because they will eventually become females huh. so it's a difficult fishery to manage in the first place yeah um you know florida they they have open and closing all the time based on a lot of it's based on the weather, too. Anytime they have a hard freeze in Florida, I know they, they usually do kind of an emergency uh, closure of the fishery. Well, fascinating stuff, my friend. I had no idea that snook were, uh, had the ability to uh, change from uh, male to a female. I don't even know what the word is that describes that process. Protandric hermaphrodite. <laughs> I figured it was a hermaphrodite of uh, some kind, but hey, you learn something new every day in the great outdoors, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Well, hey, like we said, great stuff today, Jason. Uh, I guess last thing I was going to ask you, since you do have your finger on the pulse of our, our snook uh, population, although it is a faint pulse, um, where would you direct folks to go to if, uh, if they said, hey, I'd like to go try to catch a snook? Is there a specific area or stretch of the coast where you would say, yeah, go, go try this spot? Yeah, and like I said, the, uh, the, the most common areas that people actually target snook are you know, inside of the Brownsville ship channel, mm -hmm. um, kind of concentrating on any kind of structure, um, such as a dock or something that, that's close to, you know, close to deep water. Um, right. These fish are, you know, they're ambush predators. They don't like to chase um, a lot their prey like a lot of the trout and redfish will. Um, they kind of like to lay and wait around cover and wait for something to swim in front of them and you know, lash out and grab it. Yeah. Um, the Port Isabel jetties, another good place to, that people catch snook. And, and as well as as far a little bit further up in the bay, um, I've I've heard some people actually will will target them inside of the Arroyo, Colorado. Okay. Well, hey, Jason, uh, great stuff today. Like we said, very informative. Uh, I'm still a big fan of the snook, although they are uh, few and far between right now. But who knows, maybe uh, we'll get a warming trend for a couple of years and their population will come back uh, stronger than ever. Yeah, absolutely. As long as we keep getting those mild winters, you know, they should keep 
continued to increase. Well, we appreciate your time today, bud. All right. No, thank you. Take care. You too. All right. So there you have it, a brief uh, overview of the, well, brief history of our snook along the Texas coast. Only been showing up the last uh, 20 or so years. And uh, like Jason alluded to, it's um, basically because of global warming. So fascinating stuff there. A really cool fish, and I guarantee you I am going to catch one (laughs) in the near future, especially if their population is back on the uh, uptick like Jason alluded to. Anyway, that segment of the show proudly brought to you by Three Curl Lease Connection, offering the finest in North Texas dove hunting. They've got strictly managed properties, um, perfect for your buddies, for your club, or corporate groups. Uh, These are private leases, and (laughs) it's not a pass to a war zone. They don't overcrowd fields like so many other outfits out there are notorious for. Uh, All their fields are located just outside of the uh, DFW Metroplex. Call 214-455-0940 or visit 3curlleaseconnection.com for listings. And uh, hopefully we'll see you out there on opening day. It is right around the corner after all. Anyway, let's knock out a quick break. Up next, our good friend and owner of Foreverlast Hunting and Fishing Products, Billy Gerke, drops by. We'll talk some trout, some archery, and who knows what else. So you're listening to DSC's Lone Star Outdoor Show. There's no fortune at the end of the road that has no end. There's no Cable Smith here with my good friend Craig Smith, owner of GameGuard Outdoors. And you know, Craig, GameGuard Camouflage has been concealing Texas hunters for over a decade now. And this fall, we're equally as excited about the brand new and revolutionary Gulf Coast Cooler, uh, the first modular cooler system ever to hit the market. Yeah, Cable, we're excited about it. It truly is a modular system. And now a guy doesn't have to have three or four different coolers. He can have one cooler that he can attach another one to it. We have wheel wheel attachments that snap onto the cooler to get it to and from the boat. and A lot more attachments to follow this season. Well, we're certainly looking forward to using ours in the field this fall. And Cable, we want to thank our customers again. This is our 11th season and and, uh, things just keep getting better and we appreciate every one of them. Well, we appreciate you, Craig. And for more information, y'all visit gulfcoastcooler.com. Hi, I'm Craig Boddington. I'd like to invite you to become a member of Dallas Safari Club, one of the world's leading hunting and conservation organizations. As a member, you'll receive Game Trails magazine, a monthly newsletter, and invitations to our monthly meetings and special activities. Join Dallas Safari Club, an international organization based in Dallas, supporting hunting and conservation worldwide. For more information, call 800-9-GO-HUNT or visit our website at www.biggame.org. BioBore EB is the premier gasoline additive that combats the negative effects ethanol has on an engine. Its comprehensive formula is designed to protect marine engines and marine environments, yet also works great in all two- and four-stroke engines. It prevents phase separation and ethanol-related engine problems while stabilizing fuel for 18 months. BioBore's detergents also clean the entire fuel system of carbon and varnishes. BioBore EB has the best treat rate in the industry. One ounce treats an amazing 15 gallons of gas. Available at your local sporting goods store or visit BioBore.com today. 
Howdy folks, I'm Lee Hoffpair for Hoffpair's Outdoor Superstore in Gulfway, Texas. I hope you're enjoying the Lone Star Outdoor Show. We've been a title sponsor for a number of years now, and we're proud to be a part of it. I'd also like to thank you for making Hoffpair's once again the number one Polaris dealer in Texas. Please keep buying your Polaris products from us. Send us your friends, your neighbors, all your hunting buddies, and I promise we'll keep giving the best deals on a brand new Polaris in all of Texas. Whether you're looking for a Polaris for work or play, whether you need a regular Ranger or maybe a Ranger Crew, an RZR, they've got an all-new Ace that you need to come test drive. We've also got four-wheelers from a youth model all the way up to the all-new Sportsman 1000. For your Polaris headquarters, Hoffpower's Outdoor Superstore in Gulfway, Texas is who you need to see all or get on the web and contact today. You can check us out at hpolaris.com. That's H is in Hoffpower, polaris.com. Or you can come see us at Highway 84 West in Gulfway, Texas. And folks, Hoffpower's has been in Central Texas for over 50 years now, and we couldn't have stuck around this long if we were steering you wrong. Oh, the sun's gonna shine in my life once more Love's gonna live here again Things are gonna be the way they were before Love's gonna live here again Love's gonna live here, one of my favorites from the great Buck Owens bringing us back on Dallas Safari Club's Lone Star Outdoors show. Uh, brought to you by Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris. Cable Smith here. Thank you so much for spending a part of your weekend with me. I do appreciate you. We are about to get into a myriad of outdoor-related topics from trout to archery and who knows what else with our good friend uh, Billy Gerke of Foreverlast. But before we do that, uh, this segment of the show is proudly brought to you by Lone Star Beer, the national beer of Texas and the best way to celebrate tight lines and full stringers this summer is with an ice-cold Lone Star Beer. Lone Star Beer, the national beer of Texas. Well, uh, moving right along here, let's go ahead and bring on our next guest. He's an old friend, and we've got a mess of stuff to get into. It's my pleasure to welcome Billy Gerke back to the program. Yes, sir. Glad to be back, Abe. Always good talking with you. Oh, you bet. Always great to visit with you. And uh, let's start things off by talking some trout. Um, I know that you had an opportunity to make a recent run up to uh, Baffin Bay where the big girls hang out. Yeah, we, we uh, I grabbed the family and we headed down. Get down there for a few days and we had an awesome three days of fishing down there. We uh, we tackled the tide gauge bar most days because the wind was awkwardly out of the north. We got caught one day in a little storm, but uh, other than that, man, the trout action was on. Uh, one morning in particular, my, my son Ty and I um, were able to get off some trout, and, I mean, cable, every one of them was in the 24-inch to 29-inch range. Wow. It was an incredible morning, one that I'll never forget, and that we were able to share there. And it was just a, it was a, it was an awesome time. And uh, I actually caught a trout that day. It was 30 inches, and, and uh, I thought she was a qualifier for CCA. So I brought her in, kept her alive, and, and we tried to release her after I weighed her on a digital scale because I knew she wasn't going to win, and and she didn't make it. So we're gonna we're gonna commemorate that trip by putting her up on the wall, and uh, you know just kind of remember that trip with her hmm. being mounted. But uh, man, it was a it was a fantastic time. Got to spend it with with my two boys and Amy, and it was it was an incredible trip. So I'm looking forward to breaking away and get back down there soon. Well, you certainly can't beat family time spent in the great outdoors. Uh, Billy, let me ask you another question. As someone who is down on the coast uh, all the time, uh, obviously you have a vested interest in the fishing uh, industry as the owner of Foreverlast. Um, what have you heard about the new 
five fish trout limit. We've seen it down on the lower coast. Uh, this is the first year it's been implemented uh, there in the upper Laguna Madre, Baffin, uh, that whole stretch of the upper coast. What kind of feedback have you gotten from guides, outfitters, and the anglers uh, who make up your customer base? You know, there's there's been a few guys complaining about it, but I think for the most part, you know, we're all a little more conservationist-minded uh, this, you know, this day and age. And, you know, if you catch five nice trout, that's enough for a meal. And, and you know, my humble opinion is that that's plenty, you know, especially if you got a group of four or five in your boat and you're pulling, you know, 20, 25 trout out of the water, that's, that's a pretty good day. Um, you know, it, it definitely makes it a lot easier to tell somebody you got your limit, so that's positive. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, For the know, guides. Yeah, for the guides and, you know, for everybody. I think it's just going to put more fish in the water. Uh, there's definitely a lot more pressure than there was 10 years ago, uh, just fishermen, oh, sure. total numbers. So. It just gives everybody a little more chance to go catch those fish and, uh, you know, for the fish to, to reach a more mature age. And, uh, again, you know, people are being more conservation-minded and letting the trophy trout swim if, if it's not their personal best or if they don't want to mount it. And, you know, and the law states 25 inches and above. You can keep one per per day, per man. You know, and, hey, I, I don't hold it against anybody if they want to keep it. Um, you know, it's their, it's their decision, but... Uh, there are a lot more people letting them go and, and letting them grow. And, and, you know, so I, I think it's a positive thing uh, overall. I mean, it just creates a better fishery. So we can't complain when that happens. Yeah, well, and I think that's the general consensus. There was originally some backlash from folks when TPWD said they were going to move in this direction. Uh, but it's since subsided. I think people realize it's better for the fishery. And I'm not going to say uh, that I've never kept 10 trout because I have. Um, but, yeah, five is plenty. I mean, as long as you're not breaking the law uh, in any any aspect of hunting or fishing, I, you can't blame anybody if they want to keep something or, or, or you know, get their limit. Or if they want to keep their one uh, oversized trout, you know, I'm fine with that too. Um, but, but, yeah, I think this is a great thing for the fishery uh, in general. Uh, changing it up, though, Billy, we've got to talk about the uh, Brush to Bay Bonanza. It's coming up on July 25th. And for any of our listeners who don't know what Brush to Bay is, well, it's a brand new destination, uh, archery slash fishing slash, I mean, you've got a little bit of everything there for the uh, outdoorsman or woman. So tell us a little bit about Brush to Bay. It's, uh, it's right here in our hometown of Hallettsville. It's uh, right off of Highway 77 South towards Victoria. We're just about two miles south of town. And the vision that I had for this was just to create an environment that, you know, for the locals and, and for the surrounding communities, a place to go get your bow rigged out, a professional shop where you can go get everything you need to get you outfitted for for archery. And on the other side, on the flip side, you know, for fishing, that you can go there, you can get a real strung up, a real clean, uh, you know, whatever you're looking to do, you can have it done there at the shop. And, and that's, you know, that's some of the services we offer. We'll clean your reels, order parts for them if they need repair, uh, restring them for you. We've got and we've got apparel, uh, fishing apparel, fishing shirts. Uh, we've got Waterloo rods, you know, the top end Shimano reels, all that kind of stuff. So it, um, you know, and on the bow side, we're carrying Matthews, Hoyt, and Bear, uh, you know, and, and we're looking to add some other lines as well. We're looking at Elite right now. And, oh, yeah, my choice right there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, we're looking at, we, we want to carry the best in the industry, but we also want to listen to our customer uh, when they walk through the door and say, you know, I'm looking to get one of these type of bows, you know, we'll, we'll go out and find it and, and we want to make sure they're outfitted. And, you know, the cool thing about it, it's, it's, it's a local shop. We got, um, 
we got some great things in there. But at Outback, you can go out and shoot our 3D targets out back of the store. And uh, just kind of a country feel, country environment, uh, a fun store. You know, when you walk in the door, everything in there is kind of big boy toys. So it's, yeah. it's, it's created a, a cool environment for our, our local community, but also the surrounding communities. Somewhere they can go and count on having product in stock. You know, we're my goal is to keep over 50 bows in stock at all times, um, so that you have a good selection from price range to quality that somebody's looking for when they walk in the door. Mm-hmm. You know, so just carrying the top end items and and being uh, kind of an elite outfitter of hunting and fishing, and and that's kind of what you know we're trying to wrap up into one store. Right, right, yeah, and I mean obviously you got all the uh, forever last hunting and fishing stuff as well. Uh, y'all's product lineup, uh, pretty uh, diverse. And also a couple of our other sponsors, uh, Game Guard. And, uh, man, their fishing shirts are, that's basically, unless someone is uh, getting married or someone's dead, I mean, that's what I'm wearing every day. Yeah, yeah, they're so diverse. You can wear them, wear them to church on Sunday yeah. and wear them fishing the next day, you know. Yeah. Costa sunglasses, too. Yeah, we're carrying so. Costa and, and some others that, yeah. You know, we're just kind of staying on the top end side of things and, and uh, supporting the, you know, I like Game Guard because they're a Texas company and I'm sure. trying to help, you know, help our local guys out. And, and I'm, hey, man, they make a great product, so it's not it's not hard to do that. Yeah. You know? So we definitely uh, definitely been doing well with their shirts and we've we've actually put some of the Bruster Bay logos on there and, man, people are, are picking them up and supporting us. So it's it's been good. Yeah. Been great. Well, and, and it fills a niche because they're really uh... – I mean, there's been a couple of, of shops that have come and gone here in the last two years around that Victoria area, and they just did business for five months, like during archery season, and just couldn't make it. That's why you guys have uh, kind of a much broader, you know, more, more diverse lineup of stuff. But there really wasn't anything within, what would you say, 100 miles? Yeah, there's, there wasn't a, a, an outfitter archery shop within 100 miles of us after the Victoria stores closed. So, you know, I just... I just felt like we needed something in this area to fill that void for, for the locals and the, and the surrounding communities. I mean, this is a big area for hunting, and, you know, you couldn't even go get an arrow cut uh, or, you know, a string uh, replaced on your bow anywhere. You had to drive into Houston or Austin or San Antonio to get that done, and that's, you know, that's man, this is where the hunting is. This is where the shop needs to be. So that was kind of my vision back in January when I started thinking about doing it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with Forever Last, we've created a year-round business with it, with a hunting and fishing combination. So I just took that vision and, and moved it into uh, the shop. And and so, um, it, you know, it seems to be working. We opened May 4th, and, man, the response has been incredible for the first two months, way more than I expected. And, and you know, we're now just starting to touch into the, to the early part of the bow season. So we're excited about it, man. It's been good, and we appreciate everybody that's come out and seen us. Yeah, well, and we've got a big, uh, we could call it the real grand opening, I guess, is going to be taking place July 25th, and you've got uh, Nick Munt from Bone Collector coming, you've got a a concert from Adam Hood, you've got giveaways every hour, Um, you're going to have discounts on, you know, I think a lot of your retailers are going to come set up booths and and talk product with uh, customers. Yeah, we're just trying to bring uh, bring everything together at one time, kind of kind of as a preseason event, uh, you know, this time of year, everybody starts switching gears from summer mode back into to the fall, early fall mode of, of getting game cameras out in the field. And, and July 25th just looked good on the calendar to me because everybody's going to start getting their velvet buck pictures in and they're going to need a new game camera. So we're, 
we're going to have it all at that event. We're going to have game cameras at, at really, really low prices. Um, all the bows will be discounted. Accessories will be discounted. Game guard products, coasters. Anything we carry in the store will have a discount attached to it. So that will be your one day to come out shop and, and buy your gear for the upcoming season or something that you've been looking at and just you know, needed a little extra help on it. This is the day for that. And we're going to have both the shop and the, the Hallettsville Knights of Columbus Hall will be open that day from 11 to 5 for shopping with those discounts and the reps on hand and Nick will be out and a lot of the other pro staff members will be out there answering questions and stuff. So I think it's going to be a fun day. And then, uh, of course, that evening, 7 o'clock, we're going to kick off the uh, concert event. And, uh, man, I'm, I'm excited to, to sit back and listen to these, these guys play. We're going we're gonna to have a pretty good lineup. You know, Adam Hood's going to top it off, but – We've also got a, uh, some friends of mine out of Colorado coming down, and uh, the, she plays the banjo, and he picks the guitar, and, and they write most of their music, uh, their songs of fall, and uh, they're they're just incredible. And then we got the local girl Jade Potex going to start us out that night, and I think it's just going to be a well-rounded event. And I'm looking forward to it, man. We got we've got a lot going on, but uh, I think it's going to be a fun day. Well, Billy, Brush to Bay Outfitters certainly is going to uh, fulfill a need in that area of South Texas, uh, not only with the archery, fishing, but all the other stuff, like we mentioned, that you'll be carrying as well. Uh, if you want to give us the website address so folks can find you. Yeah, we're on Facebook, uh, Brush to Bay Outfitters, and then also at, you can find us on the web, brushtobayoutfitters.com. And I also wanted to mention that day we'll be having a a 3D shoot uh, contest going on during the day. It'll start at 1 o'clock there at the KC Hall. And it's those hydraulic pop-up 3D targets. So it's going to be a fun event. We're going to do a, a youth event and then an adult division. So it'll be fun for everybody to come out, hang out, and shoot their bows and, and kind of get excited about the fall. Oh, man, I can't believe dove season is only, oh gosh, six weeks away now. Uh, September will be here before we know it. And Billy, obviously we love, you know, you being a part of the show and I know our listeners appreciate it because you're always so generous and I think we're going to do a giveaway right now, a dove hunting related giveaway and uh, I'll let you tell us about that. We're going to give away one of our Realtree um, camo dove belts. Uh, it includes a shell holster, a water bottle holder and a dove bag or a bird bag on the back. Those dudes are, are great because they've got a Velcro closure on the front you slap them on and you're ready to go. How cool is that? Okay, uh, third listener this morning to text in the word foreverlast. That's foreverlast. So 214-289-7807, 214-289-7807. Uh, you could win the foreverlast dove hunting belt. Uh, Billy, thanks as always. Great to have you on the show with us, and uh, we are certainly looking forward to the Bonanza event coming up at Brush to Bay Outfitters on July 25th. Hey, man, thanks for having me on, Cable. It's always a pleasure uh, visiting with you and, and sharing with the listeners what we're doing out in the field, and, and we appreciate all the support. You bet, brother. All right, man, come out and see us on July 25th. Thanks, well, Cable. All right, there he goes, our good friend, Mr. Billy Gerke, owner of uh, Forever Last Hunting and Fishing Products, and you can check out their full lineup, by the way, uh, by just visiting their website at foreverlast.com. Uh, that segment brought to you by STI Guns. Texas made and Texas proud. If you're in the market for a handgun, visit stiguns.com and go Texan, go STI. Uh, unfortunately, we are out of time for today. Got to get out of here. Just looking at the clock. We got to go. Uh, thanks to Billy, as well as our other guest today, Texas Parks and Wildlife 
coastal fisheries biologist Jason Ferguson, also leading whitetail veterinarian uh, Dr. Joe Abels. We appreciate him dropping by. And, of course, uh, Fin and Fowl Outfitters uh, Brian Davenport. It was certainly a treat talking Texas uh, alligator and teal hunting with Brian this morning. Uh, we will do it again same time, same place next week. Uh, thanks to all of our sponsors for making this show possible. We wouldn't be here without their support. Thanks to you, the listener, for being a part of Dallas Safari Club's Lone Star Outdoors show. Until next time, I'm Cable Smith saying y'all have a great week in the outdoors. Hey, little grease and little flower, keep a woman a lot of power. She always seems to know just what I'm craving. And she keeps it buttered up with a whole lot of love, my baby.